Welcome to A Dog's Best Friend, Series 2. How are you all? That's it. It's January 2020. This is episode 1 of Series 2. Uh, I'm so excited. My ribs are better. Thank you for asking. It took a while and it was super painful. But I'm a dog trainer. I am brave. So there, I'm feeling much better. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, some news. Uh, if you missed the TV show I was in last year called Puppy School on Channel 4, well, you can watch it now or again on 4OD. Puppy School won an award for most inspiring TV show on the National Reality TV Award last year. And we are very proud of it. The team at Red Sky and Channel 4 were so lovely. Uh, and I'm sending there sending them lots of love so thank you so much for all of your kind messages regarding last episode many of you seem to really enjoy it i became my own guest on that episode and talked about resource guarding and uh, so although i have more wonderful guests coming up like the beautiful sarah whitehead who will come to talk to us about being your dog safe place the holy grail of dog ownership there is going to be more from me too and that's exactly what you are getting today more of moi some of you have sent some questions and I've picked three to start with. So on this episode, um, I will be answering three of the following questions. Um, from Mark, my dog bit my mum. She was brushing the dog's coat. She looked happy at the time and even playful. Her tail was wagging and then she bit her. We told her off, but I feel it wasn't the right thing to do. Mum is upset about the situation. What should we have done? What should we do now? Second question, my dog is a lovely, young, well-behaved dog, but he often jumps up at me when other dogs approach us uh, on a street on a lead. Uh, I keep asking him to sit, but it doesn't seem to work. He sits at home. Uh, what can I do? The th last question, my dog barks at other dogs on a lead. Sometimes he pulls towards them as well, so I don't know if he is frustrated because he can't get to them or if he wants to attack them. Can you help? Uh, now, of course I can help. And I can't wait to answer those questions. But before that, I want to announce that the lovely, lovely people at Butternut Box are sponsoring Series 2. I am so thankful uh, to them for putting their trust in me again. Butternut Box is lovingly and expertly prepared dog food. It's human-grade, fresh food, cooked, frozen, and delivered to your door for your convenience and your dog's happiness. The quality, of course, is so high. Expect Red Tractor UK and Irish meat, delicious vegetable and herbs. And even their fish treat recipe also contains sustainably sourced white fish. No sugar, no grain, no nasties, low in fat, healthy, just great food. Furthermore, their meals are developed and approved by vets and nutritionists. You want your dog to be a butternutter? It's easy. The team at Butternut Box is offering you this discount code so you can get 50% off your first box of butternut. Use butternutbox.com forward slash a dog's best friend. So simple. Type butternutbox.com forward slash a dog's best friend. Answer a few questions. Bish, bash, bosh. You are done. So let's refresh our memory. Question one from Mark. My dog bit my mom while she was brushing the dog's coat. She looked happy at the time and even playful. Her tail was wagging and then she bit her. We told her off, but I feel it wasn't the right thing to do. Mom is now upset about the situation. What should we have done and what should we do now? Uh, now, this is not the first time I see this type of question and situation. And uh, there are two very interesting points in this question. 
first of all, why could Mark, who sent the message, why could he tell that uh, telling the dog off was maybe not the best approach? Uh, I love when people candidly show their true kindness. As discussed in episode four, peer pressure and past experience can have a big effect on the way you react whilst confronted to a reactive dog. But some people will naturally really not feel at ease with telling off, yanking the lead, tapping the nose. The reason behind this is that our gut feeling tells us there must be a better way. Uh, How can shouting at a dog who was clearly in already a tricky situation is going to help? So when clients cannot quite put their finger on it, but admit that they hope there is another way, I think Brillo, there is hope for human race after all. Now, the second point, the problem in this case is, uh, I don't think is the bite. Uh, what do you think the root of the problem is here? That wasn't very long, was it? But um, it will be easy to say from now on the dog's aggressive. Uh, but that will be a really unfair label. Uh, if you want to hear more about label and labeling dogs uh, and humans, actually, listen to episode seven of series one with the wonderful Susan Friedman. She talks about uh, labels. Um, but yeah, I've given you time to think. So it's the lack of knowledge and sometimes even worse, the misconception. We think we know, we think we understand the dog's body language, but in fact, we don't. For example, she looked happy, her tail was wagging. Well, clearly she wasn't. Otherwise, she wouldn't have reacted that way. So that poor darling, we need to learn to um, understand and and talk, you know, dog. Um, I don't blame anyone, but there's a huge cultural fog when it comes to dog's body language. So let's stop assuming that all waggy tails are always happy tails, that um, bows are all playful, that jumping up is naughty, that uh, growling is always bad news, or that showing teeth uh, is um, showing teeth with a smile is cute. Uh, we need to relearn together. So let's go back uh, and really have a look at what's happened here. Actually, the trigger for me was the brushing of the dog's coat and the fact that the owner could not spot one of five behaviours that indicated the animal may have been in a difficult situation, i.e. not enjoying being brushed. So what are these five behaviours? We call them the five Fs. The five Fs are the five strategies dog and actually humans have available to them if they're in a difficult situation. Uh, I'm sure you've heard of two of them, fight or flight, uh, but there's another three. So what do you think they are? No, I know what you think, not that one. Not that one either. Okay, so there is also freeze, flirt, and flock. Uh, So the five Fs are flight, freeze, flirt, flock, and finally fight. Let's go through them together. Fight. Well, if you are scared of something, (laughs) it's not a bad idea to run or walk away. Absolutely. Say you are on a bus (laughs) and some mad drunk hen party, say, boards the bus. And they look at you like they're just about to talk to you. You might decide to leave the bus uh, before you actually stop. Uh, I've just shared with you, I'm afraid... One of my biggest, one of my biggest phobia, which is loud hand parties. I'm not quite sure why, but um, they always scare me. Equally, if a dog doesn't like the look or smell of another dog, uh, walking away is the best strategy, I think. So what's next? Uh, freeze. 
So this may happen for a second, maybe just before the flight, but it is a behavior in itself, probably an old instinct we have that if we don't move, the predator might not see us. Think Jurassic Park, if you've seen it. When the hen party balls the bus, I will probably look at the window and make zero eye contact, thinking, don't look at me, don't look at me, don't talk to me, don't talk to me. People and dogs may also sometimes freeze for long periods of time. Rescue dogs, for example, sometimes show very little of their personality to start with. Uh, they may be scared. People who have gone through terrifying experiences often take time before they are able to open up. And that's a freeze too. So dogs demonstrate freeze, sometimes even mini freezes all the time. And uh, sometimes it's hard to spot them. But yes, a freeze can be uh, a sign that something isn't right. Flirt. Well, we've all been there, right? I always think of Jennifer Anderson in Friends when she says something along the line of, oh, well, Officer Anson, I, I seem to have forgotten my driving license. Uh, now, dogs won't pull a Jennifer with a charming hair flick, but they may well um, play aloof, um, go on their back and show their belly, uh, try to start a play, look cute, and perhaps even wag a tail. Sounds familiar? Isn't it exactly what uh, Mark described in his question? She looked happy at the time, even playful. She was wagging a tail. Um, but we'll, we'll get back to that in a second. Let's go through the last uh, two Fs, as one of them might help us with the second question. We also have flock, gathering together. Sheeps do it, penguins do it, we do it. So when your dog is coming back to you, for help, for support, maybe to help him find a safer strategy. It's so important that you recognize that too. Um, why? It, it comes back to being your dog's safe place. You need to be there for him or her. Fight. When you've tried everything else and none of it worked, um, usually your last resort is to fight. Dogs don't actually want to fight. It's dangerous. Uh, they would have sent many messages before going to that point. Uh, humans are the same. Uh, personally, as a human, uh, I would never fight. My strategy of choice is flirt. I'm the youngest, by far the smartest, and clearly the humblest, too, of three siblings. And uh, flirting to get out of tricky situation is always my go-to strategy. Uh, and by flirting, of course, I mean being polite, smiling, non-threatening, playful, and funny. Um, but, you know, when it comes to fight, nothing good ever came out of fighting. Uh, but if no one listens and dogs keep being put in difficult situation with no way to exit, uh, this is what would happen. This situation may feel perfectly safe to you, like brushing your dog's coat, for example. But, uh, but you're not the dog. We need to do more than assume the dog is fine. I'll try to help you uh, put yourself in your dog's shoes throughout those episodes and from now on. And, uh, and I hope it will help you. So let's go back to Mark, his mom, and her dog. Um, I will question the fact that the dog was really enjoying being brushed. Uh, was she really that happy? I don't think so. Brushing, some dogs love it, some don't. Uh, the fact that she was trying to play makes me feel perhaps that she was very politely trying to demonstrate a flirt uh, in the hope that mum would stop brushing. Uh, but following months and years of it, and maybe the dog had a headache on that day or a toothache uh, or just had enough of it, 
And then she just bit, you know. Um, I've been in contact with the lovely Mark and his family, and we are now working together. The bite wasn't severe, uh, but it was nevertheless a very clear warning. Mark was right to think that chilling off wasn't the right way to deal with it. But what were they supposed to do, I hear you ask, right? <laughs> well, in a moment, pff, nothing, really. Create space, make sure everyone's safe, uh, and look after both. Uh, with time, though, it's important to train mum to read her dog's body language and give her the ability to truly understand her loving dog. Um, we got everyone back together and using treats, patience, training and time, we are now teaching the whole family to brush the dog in a way she enjoys. Uh, we are taking our time. We are constantly assessing the dog's behavior to make sure we keep these wonderful channels of communication open. And it's not just me, but everyone in the family now can do that. So mom's happy, dog's happy, uh, the family's happy, Mark is happy. And guess what? I am happy too. Boom. Uh, I'm happy because this is a behavior we can trust. Um, we don't rely on punishment, telling off force or fear. We communicate instead. Now, second question from Dean. My dog is a lovely, young, well-behaved dog. Can I just, just stop there for a second? I love when people contact me and start by telling me how lovely their dogs are. Then they go on and say, oh, and yesterday he killed the postman. Uh, <laughs> you don't have to tell me. I know your dog's lovely. Um, but anyway, my dog is lovely, young, well-behaved dog. Yes, yes, yes. But he often jumps up at me when other dogs approach us when he's on a lead. I keep asking him to sit but it doesn't seem to work. He sits at home. What can I do? Well, this is a very good question. And Dean, uh, going back to our five Fs, what do you think is your dog trying to tell you here? What is he demonstrating? What is what is the behavior? Uh, well done uh, for noting that the dog is on the lead. That is a very important clue. And well done, Dean, for mentioning that in your question, because it is essential for me uh, if you want me to reply. Uh, once again, like Mark, Dean knew in his guts there's something wrong that had to be mentioned, but to put your finger on it is difficult. Well, the lead can be our best friend, but it's also our worst enemy. Yes, it feels safe because you have, you know, Rex is under control. I don't know if you can hear my my uh, air quotes there, uh, but uh, for the dog, you are taking away his flight option. Uh, so he has to pick another strategy, and he picked Flock, trying to get as close to you as possible, jumping up at Dean. My dog does actually did it the other day. I think there was a noise on the street that spooked him, and then for a few seconds, he was a, he was a bit um, wary, and he started to jump up on me on the sofa, and then was trying to sort of, you know, curl himself under my, under my arms. Um you know, asking for a bit of support, and I was there for him. Actually, this reminds me of a great story with our local vicar, uh, Katie. I can say her name, Katie. Uh, she's moved now, so we miss her terribly. Katie, if you're listening, sending you love, and you and Rosie as well. But um, Katie had a dog before called Sally. She was a very old dog, and uh, Katie and Sally used to come and see us uh, we used to spend some time together at the park with other dogs and dog owners. Um, and then sadly, at a very old age, but sadly, Sally died uh, and Katie was dogless for a few years. And then one day she rescued a gorgeous little Romanian rescue called Rosie. Um, and um, and uh, Katie was really excited to come back to the park with her dog and being social with us again. Um, but although all the other dogs, all our little South London mutts, were quite appropriate with Rosie, it was far too much. I think they, 
they all fancied her and her exotic Romanian charm uh, a little too much. Um, and <laughs> I think she was, uh, she found it too much. So she was jumping up at Katie, not in a naughty way, but she was just saying to Katie, that's too many dogs. I'm uncomfortable. I'd like to go home, please. Um, but Katie did what everyone does. Dean, you're not the only one. Uh, she was like, oh, you naughty puppy. No, no, no jumping. When really there was no naughtiness there. It was just asking for help. Um, so anyway, she ignored that for a while. And then the next thing Rosie did was trying to squeeze through the fence uh, by the gate to run home. So Katie understood, picked Rosie up. We did some work together. And Rosie became a uh, loving and uh, big part of our dog community in uh, in my neighborhood. Uh, and was really a great dog. Is a great dog. Uh, although now they've moved. Damn it. Um, but that's another great example of someone who clearly wants to do well for her dog, but who's just misunderstanding um, the dog's behavior. So dogs will pick various strategies until one works. So some flirt, some brave one and clever one will will flirt or freeze. Some will walk away. Some uh, might fight or at least act like they are ready to. Um, and that leads nicely, actually, to the third question. My dog barks at other dogs on the lead. Sometimes he pulls towards them, too. So I don't know if he's frustrated because he can't get to them or if he wants to attack them. Again, the dog is on a lead here. And in this case, maybe the dog tried in the past um, other strategies, jumping up to say to his human, please, I'm not comfortable here. Please, can we go? Or at least, can you take me off the lead? Maybe he tried to flirt with other dogs, but one dog took advantage and nipped or attacked him. Maybe he tried to freeze, but the other dog didn't listen to his body language. Why, I don't know. There could be so many reasons. But the point is that he was put in difficult situation time and time again, and no one was there to have his back. And he tried his best until it escalated to a fight or a bark, or what we call lead reactive. Yes, it's a thing. It has a name. Uh, your dog is lead reactive. Um, I think it's... Uh, do you know what? I think I'm a bit lead reactive myself, if I think of it. Uh, leave me stuck with people I don't like for too long, and I may well become very disagreeable really rapidly. Um, I, I think I was better when I was young, but uh, I'm afraid uh, lead reactivity, uh, if not helped, doesn't get better with age. <laughs> so how can you help? Well, it's the same answer with question one and two, really. Have your dogs back. Listen to them, especially when they're on a lead. Um, each case, of course, is different. So all dogs should be assessed. There may even be a health reason why your dog has become either fearful or lead reactive. If you are in pain, for example, uh, you may feel more vulnerable. So never a bad idea to go and check with your vet that Fido is all Okay, socialization is so important and everybody bangs on about it quite rightly. Um, but remember one thing about socialization, socialization, training your dog to become impolite in social situation must be done before the 14th, 15th week. It's vital. Uh, so if your dog is older and is lead reactive, bringing him on the lead near other dogs over and over again is probably the worst thing you can do. You're not actually socializing him. You're inadvertently putting your dog in difficult situation and not transforming yourself in his safe place. You could instead uh, go on lead walks with other dogs, but with a really fair distance between them all. Uh, that could help. Um, spending more time off lead in the park, learning to approach dogs without the constraint of the lead uh, may be a good idea. But I would advise you to perhaps get some help uh, from a good 
positive trainer or behavior is with that. Make sure your dog is um, wearing a comfortable harness. That's always good. Make sure to look at your dog and assess his or her ever-changing body language during the walk. Don't assume your dog is always fine. So therefore, don't look at your phone. Look at your dog instead. Yep, yep, yep. You know exactly who you are, and that's okay. Um, now you know. Please look at your dog. Um, don't let the dog rehearse the behavior. Avoid dogs for a while and try to change direction ahead of the barking taking place. Uh, we don't want them to think that it has to react to create space. Um, you can do that for him or for her. Um, and the last question, the owner says, um, I ask him to sit, but he doesn't, uh, even though he does sit at home. Uh, yes, he sits at home, but here we find ourselves in a totally different environment we are now in a crisis and he's scared fearful aroused whatever so why would he want to sit even for a second imagine some scary block is walking towards you and someone says hey have a sit chill no not in that moment uh, not when the dog is in that emotional state you know it's uh, a lot of people do do that you know we we panic a little bit ourselves um and we just ask the dog to do something that you know he can do and of course our go-to behavior is you know, sit. Um, but there's other things you can do. Instead, you could perhaps create distraction, uh, train a strong look at me uh, ahead of the crisis so it can be used during the crisis. Uh, never, never, never train in crisis. It's impossible. No one learns during a crisis. Anyway, dealing with reactivity and fearfulness in dogs is very tricky. So at least I hope this episode helped you make sense of the problem itself because you know what? That's half the battle. And please remember that telling a fearful or scared dog off will never help. Trust and collaboration will always, always be the best and also the most effective way to train long run. Right. That's it, Tim. That's me. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, I definitely enjoyed putting it together. Uh, a dog's best friend is is um, the podcast is really changing. Uh, I was listening to episode one and two recently, and it's slowly morphing into something uh, that I hope is better. And that's thanks to your faithfulness. Uh, thanks for all of you listening and all your kind feedback. Really. Um, so thank thank you for coming back um, every single time and listening and sharing this podcast and i promise you it's going to get even better leave it with me um oh and i forgot to say so my friend enzo opened a lovely pasta restaurant in old street london uh and it's dog friendly yay it's called officina double zero officina zero zero it's at 156 old street i did say i will shout out uh, about uh, your restaurant Enzo so here you go you can book ahead which is great especially when you have a dog with you uh, so go and try fresh pasta the whole menu is absolutely delicious I was there last week with my friends Keith and Laurent and we had an amazing time delicious wine gorgeous service it was lovely uh, that's it for now sending you all much love remember whatever you have planned for the rest of the day please remember to be and remain your dog safe place. Sending lots of love.